no bullshit news. That's why Dagen uh, is the mayor. You know, people didn't go out and vote. I was trying to find out if he was living in the mansion. You know, which Charlie told me he wasn't, so I put a private eye to find out if he was. No bullshit. You hear that, news. Charlie? It's a big corruption number. Okay. And what he is, this is white justice and black. Yeah. Like I can live 10,000 lifetimes and never live up to the name of the Honorable Coleman Young. It's hard when we, we pay our taxes, our property taxes and everything, and it gets turned around and put into for development profit. No bullshit news. What's up, Langton? Hey, what's going on? Hey, Joey, how are these levels? In my headphones? Is it all right here? Everything's looking good over here. All right, here. we're good. Sounded good. I like the music here. I'm ready to go now. Adventures, remember? Yeah, dude. I was a big Batman fan from way back. The old Adam West one. Burt Ward, the old the Riddler. Yeah, the oh. kind uh, Simon Romero. Oh, the old stuff. I've got the old, and the music. I used to love that stuff back in the, back in the 60s. The Batman show. Batman show, the real one, not the one with all the cars, not the fancy. And he had the one bulge else. in the in the underpants, the oh, cod piece. This was the big, this was the best movie ever. <laughs> Robin, welcome in, Charlie Langton. Charlie Ladoff, I'm having fun here today. How do I introduce you, man? You do like more no. jobs in a Jamaican. What, yeah. what do you, I mean? You know what? I tell you, I was a lawyer uh, way back when, and I just started this doing this media stuff, and it's kind of fun, you know. That's all I'm doing. I'm just having some fun. I, I, I tell you, I, I, I steal from people I like, and uh, I, I just, uh, you know, I like it. It's kind of fun going out on a story or making something. It's, it's different. It's a little different way of practicing law. You have to know a little well, what bit. What kind of lawyer are you or were you? I did a lot of personal injury stuff. I did a lot of depositions. I so wait, you're, you're a slip and fall lawyer. Slip and fall. Like, uh, like, so uh, wait a minute. The, the Fox like, 2 legal analyst is really a slip and fall lawyer? Well, it, I've done a lot of other things, too, though. I ran the firm. I did appellate work. I did criminal work. I did a whole bunch of stuff, though. But, I, but we made most of our money, though, uh, doing no-fault cases, auto cases, workers' comp cases, social security disability cases. You still doing it? No, not too much. You, you know what? I am, but I refer it to other people. I don't have time. I get up at 3.15 in the morning. I'm tired. And then we did a lot of rip last night, and uh, so I got to bed about midnight, and I was up at 3.30. I slept in a little bit. So I'm getting about three, four hours of sleep at night. So, uh, like, wait, what are your jobs? You, you're on... Uh, Fox 2. Fox 2 as a reporter. So let me start in the morning, I go WWJ. So Monday through Friday, I go WWJ, and usually I'll go out and cover something. A barricade, a government, a fire, or whatever, which is all new to me. I love it. Talking to the cops. Cops are great people. Firefighters are great people. They know stuff. You, you, you're now realizing that uh, police are the meat and potatoes of reporters. They're like cousins. I tell you, I ne- no, I, you're right. I never noticed it before. I never knew it before. I always thought that, you know, because if, if you're not in the streets, it's a whole different perspective out there. It, you get these press conferences, even by the mayor, it's so shit. staged. It's, co- it's corporate vomit is what I call it. That's what I call it. I call it. It is. But it, what it is, and I hate it. When I, you know, even you know, uh, Dan Gilbert or uh, the Illiches, it's every, everything is so nice, you know, and everything. No. Go to the streets and talk to a cop that is worried that if the, the bullets are going to come over him or whatever. But those guys, I have, I have an absolutely new respect for cops. It's a tough job. They don't get paid anything. It's dangerous. The hours are lousy. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I respect that, but they still want to go out there and do it. So I learned a lot. I've learned a ton doing that. But I go from WWJ, then I go over to Fox 2, put together a couple stories. A couple. Two. I usually do two. Two stories yeah. in one day. Yeah. After the radio. After the radio. Which is shit. Let's be honest. Well, it's, I, I like the radio. It's fun, though. It gets me out there. I mean, it gets you going. You're, you're a wild guy. You're high energy, right? But I, I you can never really get into anything. 
No, you're right. I get in the radio, they give me 30 seconds to do a story. If I do an interview, they give me 40 seconds. So you're right. I can't do a documentary on something, but I can go out and give the news that's happening right this moment, right now. Is there a value to that? Yes. It's quick. It's easy. It's not a... uh, it's not an in-depth story. I'm not going to, you know, ponder what's going on, how the big picture stuff, doing radio. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, it exposes me to a lot of people. And I've met a lot of people. So you're a people guy. You like So that. I like the people. And I like that. I don't mind, I don't mind doing something that's, uh, that's quick. Because you still have to but, get the But then story again, right. you can see, you, 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 you're like me. You, you know. I'm going to say this for me. You don't have to say it. Yeah. But the, the medium's turned to garbage. It's turned to shit. Because it's superficial. you got to come. you got to go. you got to do too. People are leaving... TV in droves, and if you want them to stay, it's got to have a little something. You're talking about the viewers now, right? Yes. Okay, but maybe. So when I'm at the Illich, yeah. say, uh, yeah. press conference, I'm always hunting around for the angle. Me too. Me too. So even the, yeah, I'll just tell you like an example. Dan Gilbert. You know Dan Gilbert. I do. Yeah. Did you ever get a picture of his shoes? No, never did. The guy's so short, he wears three-inch gum heels to look taller. I might just tell my camera guy, get in, get in on those shoes. <laughs> just because cause the reason we're, we're convened here is bullshit. I don't want to project bullshit. And eh, we might as well show the people. But does the he thought. have a sense of humor? I don't know him that well. But can he have a sense of humor? Will he actually talk about something that is moderately interesting? Does it matter? Would he do your show? Yes, I think it would. I don't know. Dan, will you do the show? If he's out there listening, you know what I bet he would. I oh, and, and he by the way, you know, as as is our custom here, Mr. Mayor, you are always invited. <laughs> Come on, the no bullshit news. You know what's good about the, the, anytime, the, anywhere. I know, but you know what though? Some of the things though. Here's so here's a deal on a, on a you know a hundred million dollars for a hundred miles of road. Think about it, it's a million dollars a mile. But nevertheless, so the trick to doing that story is don't talk to necessarily to the people. Talk to the neighbor across the street. What do you think? Go up on the on the on the plow that's plowing up the road do something different mm-hmm. i think if, if people are leaving television radio to some extent they're reading it they're leaving it because it's boring boring it's boring all you out there you know it and, but but i but there's a way to make it interesting and you don't have to be crazy crazy right. but you can find people the people make the story often i'll start a story off with a quote now if these people have a little funny voice they say something outrageous let's get to your attention and I like that. Now we're not talking about, we're talking about a, a slice in time, a, a moment in time that's interesting. And yes, there's a background of a multi-million dollar project or some development or mm-hmm. some whatever. And to me, it's entertaining. I do think both radio and television has got to be entertaining. More so now than maybe ever before because the public has so many choices. But you know what so this means? Choices. This means you got to work harder because they also want to be informed. Right, and so I always approached it like these things are not daily news stories. This is a piece of an ongoing soap opera. But when you did your stories, though, it was fun. Uh, no shame in my game. But you went up there, and the way you stood, you had also your camera, you had two shot on you and and the and the judge, for example, in mm-hmm. this one, and your facial expressions, and you had the camera guy focus on the two of you. That's interesting. It's a different way, as opposed to just doing the single shot on the interviewee. Is it, every? Yeah. I don't know it. My trick was always this: coming new to TV was, I know that through that camera lens, 
it's projected in the living room. So the, basically between me and the, and the woman and the guy in the living room, it's just a thin piece of glass. Yeah. So you're there with me. So when I'm talking to some asshole politician who's lying, and the, and the first part of the story, we've set it up, yeah. here's the truth. And then when you, our colleagues and, and, and countrymen and neighbors in the living room hear the bullshit come out of their voice, you, you just kind of turn to the camera. Yes, just look slight, into the glass, yes. Look into the living room and say, just with your roll of your eyes, like, you, you hearing this bullshit? To, you don't need to say anything. Exactly. But not a lot of people are doing that, though. And I think it's interesting that way. It's, yeah. it's interesting. And you, hey, listen, I know you like, okay, so like wine? then you do Fox 2, do Fox and then you do Let It Rip, and you, do, it. and you do Fox 2 Weekends. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So your wife's not getting much sex, I'm assuming, if she ever did. <laughs> oh, well, Your Honor, I apologize. Yes, I know. Yes. Good thing we don't have the death penalty in this thing. <laughs> but, uh, we, you know what? We don't see each other a lot. I, you know, sometimes Makes I for a good marriage late. sometimes. I, sometimes it does. Uh, but I get home late. Uh, and, uh, you know, and you know what? Sometimes we'll have a bottle of wine. And you brought some wine here. Yeah, I did. I, I, I know you're a wine snob. So. I like wine. I yeah, like you, you, love, wine. you go on wine trips. I did. Okay, well, work the bottle. Well, let me take care of some business. Yeah, some let business. me let me just uh, t- let everybody know t- what's on the show today. Um, the rape of regular Joe. Yet another billionaire. This time, Fiat Chrysler with its handout. Question is: Can Detroit afford the rich? Then a word from GI Joe. The Pentagon says seventy-one percent of millennials are too drunk, too fat, and too stupid to serve in the armed forces. Our youth are good at Fortnite, but what does that mean for national security? Joining us will be Sergeant Tommy Isola, my own Marine pal from Iraq. He'll join us in the middle of the show. And then, of course, Chicken Joe DeMarco, our 59-year-old intern, goes to the ethics court. The county treasurer, Eric Sabri, who Charlie Langton knows, is accused of enriching his family and friends. What does he have to say for himself? But first, let's do a little business. David Hall. Oh, what's that, Joe? All Financial Hotline. Woo! All Financial Hotline. David Hall took a chance on my brother Drew Lane and his Drew and Mike podcast back in 2016. And that's led to many listeners saving money on their mortgages and refinances. Now Hall Financial is putting its support behind the No Bullshit News Hour and the Red Shovel Network. So thank you, David. Hall Financial offers lower rates, better options, and that personal attention you want when... Talking about your home. The average refi takes 44 days. Hall Financial averages 19 days. Do the math. That's half the time. Email dhall at hallfg.com to get the paper moving. Or call 248-308-5000. Thank you, Charlie. Or maybe you just want to take equity out of your home or shorten the length of your mortgage. You You could be less. Do you hate reading this stuff? No, I, I no. can't interrupt you on this. No, I, no, let me finish it and then I'll go on. You could be less than three weeks from saving money with Hall Financial. Email dealhall at hallfg.com or call 248-308-5000. Tell them you heard it on No BS News because I appreciate him giving us and the network a shot. NMLS number 1467435. That's the legal part of it. Hall Financial. You won't be disappointed. No, Charlie. Anybody on this show, uh, I've met them. I like them. I won't support somebody who support me that I don't believe in. And uh, I don't know David Hall. I'm sure he's a nice guy. But, but yeah. do, you hate, do you hate reading the commercials, though? No, I just hate them when they're, they're kind of l- lousy copy. Well, you know, when they well, don't read right. But I fixed them all this week. You fixed them. Here, let's, cheers to you. Cheers. Cheers. Nice. Maybe you can, you can tell us all what's the uh, proper way to taste some wine. But let me knock this one out. Oh, knock that one out. That's good. 
American Coney Island celebrating 102 years. Yeah, See, you like it. It is Detroit's oldest family-run restaurant and birthplace of the famous Detroit Coney Dog with chili, mustard, and Vidalia onions, and it is my personal favorite. That's no bullshit. You want a piece of Detroit? Head downtown to the corner of Lafayette and Michigan Avenue. Can't miss it. It's the red, white, and blue building shaped like a slice of pie. Always delicious, always open, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 365 days a year. The dogs snap when you bite them, and the chili is a 102-year-old family recipe made especially for the American Coney dog, and the beer is cold, Charlie. Did you write that? Yes, I did. Dogs snap and you bite them? That's good stuff. Visit the Detroit restaurant or the one in the D Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, or, hey, dads, the Detroit Zoo, they sell beer there, too. Or order a Coney Island kit straight to you, your, or a friend's door. Go to AmericanConeyIsland.com. Every reporter in the world loves that place. Love that place. It's it's clean. It's delicious. Yeah. Now, real quickly, Charlie. Right. I get my Coney's, by the way. It's, it's uh, I, mustard only. That's it. Mm. Love it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Don't put the sauce on it. So, yeah, I mean, it's lower calories. I like them oh, plain sometimes. Yeah. So you yeah. can really. Yeah. You can taste the hot dog. It's a sausage. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. It's they have the, a secret recipe, don't they? they it's Deer, their own. Is it Dearborn? Uh, Dearborn Sausage makes sausage their recipe. Their Nobody recipe. else has that. That's the unknown thing, as is the chili. It's not mass produced. No. That's why it's so it. good. Yeah. yeah. It's good stuff. You know, now, real quickly, because we got to get to a little bit of local news here. Go ahead. Um, when, what, what's a good wine, Charlie? Uh, that's a Cabernet. This is good wine. It's good uh, wine. How do you know what a good wine is? It tastes good. If it tastes good, if you, if you like, like it. it. Yeah, and if you don't get too much of a hangover the next morning. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> yeah, but yeah. Too late by then. There is a <laughs> Too late. Uh, yeah, the next time, you know. Uh, no, it's a good wine. If it tastes good, if it's not too overpowering, if it's not too light, I mean, you've got to have a flavor to it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, I'm, not a big, I'm not a big one for majorly expensive wines. I do like some expensive wines, but there's some good wines that are, you know, $2 that are great. You know how to open it up when, to see if it's got a bouquet if it's its body, yeah. you chew it. You chew it. Okay. Yeah, or you like do Listerine to it, and it really try that. Go ahead. No, no, let's do it right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now. some chew. See, see how chew big back. that gets. That's pretty good. Your mouth really fills up. Yeah. I just drink it. Hey, listen, man. You know what I hate being called? Charlie Langton. You know, I get LaDuff all the time. You, it, I'm okay that's, with that. that yeah, that's, 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 okay it's hard to that. live up to, man. I'm okay with that. But the worst thing in the world is being called Rob Olchek. Oh! Hey, Harley oh. Shane! Yeah. I've had that. And speaking of ripping people off, I, I, I learned from that guy. Rob Olchek? Sure. If, if I was running the news, I'd put him on politics. I, th- I think he does a good job. He does. He's, he's a great writer. He's a very good writer. Yeah, yeah. When you have a lot of time, to, the other thing about doing daily news, sometimes you can't, you, you're just the time. You just got to watch that clock. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times you're doing a you know, quick story. Unfortunately, uh, you know, a little frustrating sometimes. I know I could, I could do this better. I know I could do this better. In fact, a lot of times I know I could do it better. I need another, give me another hour, I mean, two hours. Or give me something that I just wish I had. See, I believe like local news, uh, well, we're doing news here, but I believe there's a new way to do it. And the way that I would do it, and you don't like it because you want to get home, instead of doing two Dog shit stories a day. One good. One reported all day. So at the five o'clock hour, you're you're live yeah. with the produced package. Can you play that? At the five thirty hour, yeah. you're live, but it's just a little sound bite, and it's your reporter's interpretation, like they do on cable. 
You're yeah. talking a mm -hmm. lot. Yeah. Then at the six, you replay it because a new audience is coming home for dinner, like right. you did the five. And then the six thirty, you're basically giving your interpretation again of of you, the reporter on the ground. That way, it stops you from running being run ragged. Yeah. It makes what you're reporting important, and it gives extra context. I think I, that's the way to do it. I think that was would good. It would be good. Some of the stories that I like, if, if I'm doing a no fault story, it's a big debate of no fault. Yeah, it's a big, so, meaty story. So I like that no fault one. You know, the Eric Smith story about the prosecutor and yes. what, oh, that's all about forfeiture assets. What's that about? So I, I would like, I wouldn't mind talking about that. So I've done a, I've convinced him to do a couple of stories just to find what is forfeiture asset? What is it? Exactly. And where should the money go? So if, if we go like that's, that's, what, you, that's what you do at six, yeah. but you don't have to prepare pictures for it. Yes. This is what we know about forfeit, you know, uh, 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 asset forfeiture, because Drew was asking me about it before the show. He yeah. wants to know about. It. Then the next half hour, here's the event today. Yeah. They raided him. It's an ongoing investigation. You know, stay tuned in the next half hour as we break down what it is. I think that'd be great. And and, and, and I know that, reporters are just they hate doing those two a days. And so does the audience. Yeah. Because I don't need a rollover accident and a murder and a pothole yeah. and a dog. Well, my kid likes the dog story. The dogs do really well. But it's, it's, hard to, it's hard to do this story super. We do it. You know, we do it. We do it. But I would much rather have a give or take. You know, if you'll, let's just do a dialogue. Ask me some questions. You know, no fault. You want to know what no fault all about? I mean, really? There's coordinated coverage. It's a big deal. If you get yes. in a car accident, what happens? I think having that background would inform the public more. And I like doing that. Before I got to doing these two-a-day stories, I, they would put me on even the Kwame story way back in the day, or Stephen Grant way, way back in the day. Just ask me questions about the procedure, if nothing else, or the, the personalities of some of these court proceedings. I mean, at this point, I mean, I know a lot of the judges, the lawyers, the strategy is what I'm concerned. What does the defense have to do to win this case? That, or what does the prosecutor have to do to win this and, case? And that's interesting that's to people. That's kind of fun. That's interesting to people. I think it's people, kind of fun. You know? And interesting. And uh, again, we were doing the show about No Fault last week, and Karen's really knowledgeable because she's worked in City Hall and was, yeah, you know, yeah. pushing this thing years ago. But we, by the time we got to the end of it, didn't know if the insurance rates had to do with both the coverage on your car and personal injury, Doesn't. or this was just the personal injury portion. It's the PIP portion. But a lot of things on PIP, though, is that if you get into personal a, injury protection. Personal injury protection. But what does that mean? So what does that mean? What does that mean? Give me an example. You get into a car accident today. Doesn't matter whose fault it is. Right. And you're hurt. Okay? Cataclysmically. Doesn't matter. Okay. Doesn't matter, actually. Yeah. Well, Your own that. insurance company will pay for wages and medical. And we're and there's no fault. All the discussion we're having only deals with the medical portion. Yes. So forget wages. There's a company called replacement services. Your own insurance company, regardless of fault. But in most policies, though, you will get a break on your premium if you coordinate the medical portion with your health carrier, often from work. So if my work has Blue Cross, which most of this world in Michigan does, Blue Cross, you and I have AAA uh, auto insurance, AAA will give me a break on my premium if Blue Cross becomes primary when I get into an accident and I need medical treatment. So I get into a car accident, I need got an it, MRI, I need a doctor, Blue Cross pays everything. Not my no fault. So this carrier. is this is just shuffling shit because then my 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 Blue Cross yes, is going to go up. Yes, yes. Where's Dan Lepp? They and then, Blue Cross. He and then people that get hurt that don't have insurance. Well, we got Crips rolling around that doesn't matter. If people don't have insurance, Medicaid will pick it up, and that's that's. I don't what's know if Medicaid happen. does it with, with 
auto. If you're uninsured, it will. Sure. If you're un- uninsured, if you're uninsured, you're in problem. We're never going to let a, a person go without medical treatment in this country. It's not going to happen. But the cost of that is a problem. Well, it you is know a problem. I mean, t- talk to retired injured firefighters. Here's a couple hundred bucks. Good luck to you. So here's the problem with those firefighters because they do have a couple of bucks. So Medicaid Medicaid says we're not going to. What do you, you have to spend down? Right. Your assets. Right. So we're not going to cover outrageous. until you get to be a poverty gut on the you know a slob on the street. Then we'll pick it up. Yeah. That's the real problem. That's a, it's for the people that are you know have some assets but not a lot. Just who we're it's advocating that middle for. income, lower middle income people that will get screwed with this no fault. Do we? What, you got a time on? You got a clock? Yeah. Beautiful. Okay, Charlie. So let's let's talk about money, right? Talking about the whole thing. Detroit firefighters. Big news locally, Chrysler Fiat deal, right? Right. FCA is promising a $2.4 billion in investment and not 5,000 new jobs, 10,000 new jobs when you bore down into the numbers. They're promising 5,000 jobs at the factory and 5,000 spinoff jobs because of those 5,000 factory workers. Suppliers, I guess. Suppliers, yeah. Coney Islands, right. shoe shine guys. Motels. I don't bars. know if you've been to the plant down in Jefferson now, but... Yeah. There doesn't seem to be spinoff business, or if you go over to Pole Town, there's not a lot of spinoff business. Having Here's the catch. You, the taxpayer, me, the taxpayer, you out there, the real number is we're going to fork over more than $320 million in today's money. Right. Today's money, okay? So next week's news today, we pride ourselves in this show. What is next week's news, next year's news yeah. today? Does this deal work for the public bank, okay, but Charlie so, Langton? So, but here's, but I have a, I have a question though because I haven't studied this thing. Ask me. That's I will. That three hundred twenty million dollars is that an actual expenditure or is that money that is not obtained in say tax benefits? Most of it, it has nothing to do with taxes. So where's the, what's the three hundred? What does it represent? One hundred sixty million dollars. Like the, the the. What is it though? Is it money that the that the cash tra- general fund? It's coming out of the general fund of Detroit. Well, they say it's not coming out of the general fund, but what the city of Detroit did. Remember when they borrowed that one hundred thirty-five million, uh, like late last year, and we're all doing jumping jacks. Detroit finally gets to borrow on its own. Woo! Yeah. And it's at junk bond rates. It's very high interest rate. Right. True. It comes out of that. So what are they doing? Is Detroit we borrowed buying, is Detroit to assemble the property for the taking and, from and a billionaire to give these, to a multinational corporation yeah. whose assets last year, net income, Fiat Chrysler, $4.1 billion. So, but let me ask the question. Let's assume then that this money is 300, and I don't know the numbers, but so it's 360 million in cash and incentives, got it, got it. 125 million in land, that's 45 acquire, million in interest. That's to acquire the land, that's right? To clean it up, clean put, it put up, the whole deal together. So from that, will they be able to charge then Fiat Chrysler in some kind of taxes of any kind? Well, there's a lot of abatements here. There's like uh, state abatements. There's city abatements. So but that's money. That's not. It's a, it's a. That's a break on keep this income interesting and easy for people I, I to understand, understand. I understand. But but it, I know what the one you set up. It's, it sounds like we're screwing the taxpayer. I don't know that to be the case. Here's the deal. That land is wasteland. You were just there. It's a wasteland. No, there's well, nothing there's a, there's there. A, there's a factory on there right now and one that's idle. 
but there's going to be, they're going to expand that one, they're going to build another one, and yeah. I'm understanding there's going to be some Not build another one, but they're going to build, uh, they're, going to build they're, going to yeah. build, they're going to expand the, the complex. But that's going to be good. It's that's good. Be, good jobs are good. That's good stuff. And jobs it's are good. And it's going to improve a land that's pretty much, other than the fact it's pretty much wasteland over J there. Jobs are good. No, let's jobs go, are just talking let's about go, jobs. Like, let's do the public bank, though. Public bank, how you do your household finances. The projected right. net receipts from this whole deal now, yeah. from the city by their own measurement, over 30 years, is about $320 million. That the city's going to get? Over, yeah, over 30 years. All right, so you're saying it's spending, and I know uh, uh, $160 million today, and they're going to get Plus the land. 30 So, if so you, $320 it's today not, it's for not worth $320 it. over 30 I, I years. Understand. And remember what inflation does to your money. It, you, you can't do that. That's what annuities do. Plus I, I this it. is a right. absolutely is guaranteeing us, ten. this is predicated on 10,000 new jobs, the factory always going, right. always working at full capacity, and we, we all from... Michigan know how the auto industry works. Right. Sometimes you retool. So what's sometimes you laid off. But the way, and again, I don't know the numbers. I don't. I don't those know are real numbers. No, no, I, I get it. But with those numbers, you're saying we're not going. We're not making any money. We're That's losing. Money. We're losing money. Actually. The public's yes. bank. Public's bank. I understand. Your neighbor, I, I, the auto worker. No, he's making money. So the question becomes, do we want to subsidize our neighbors? Maybe we do. Jobs are good, right? This, Jobs are good. This is what it's sold What's on. What's the alternative, though? Is, well, is GM or Fiat or Chrysler or Ford or any of them going to they'll go to Ohio? They'll go to China. They'll Bel go somewhere else. Belvedere, Illinois. They played Detroit against Belvedere, Illinois, where they created Chrysler uh, product. Here's the deal. There's so many. Are they really going to go to Belvedere? Who knows? But uh, listen, I, I don't know this issue well enough. But what I do know, though, is that if there's an opportunity for jobs in Detroit, mm -hmm. and I understand there's some community incentive portion to this package here where you've got to give jobs to Detroit, you've got to train those people. You've got to try to give jobs to Detroit. you got to interview Detroit. Well, if these are there's, some of these are very high skilled jobs. So Detroiters have to be trained for them. They've got to qualify, et cetera. Anybody living in that, Detroit with those kind of skills is employed. <laughs> you get it? Or they're not in Detroit. <laughs> Maybe right. I, all right, but they should create jobs. Anybody? To me, if you can create jobs, do it. Now, well, at what cost? Well, that's called math. Again, it's called math. Is it in the public? Well, the movie interest? incentives argument, though. If you put enough money into the movie incentives, you're going to create some great movies, but you're not going to lose. You will lose money. We're going to end up losing, but my neighbor will benefit. So, is it worth it for me to subsidize my neighbor? Okay. Is it worth me? I say also, it is. I say it is. Okay, well, is it also it is. worth me to subsidize a hockey arena? And also worth it? Let's start doing, let me sure. just put this in people's heads. Gotcha. And start subsidizing a skyscraper that will never be full? And subsidizing a train that is insolvent? Right. And a zoo? And an art museum? You've got to get And Mike, a bus system? You've got to get and, Mike Dunham. And schools? There's only so much money in the public pot. There's no way around it. And if we haven't learned our lesson in this part of the world, we went broke. Where's the money to make sure we don't go broke? We have the police and fire to protect that factory when you're not paying in. So is the alternative then to not give enough money to these billionaire types or just don't do that? And well, hope that they'll do it on their own? It's a good question, right, because it cats out of the bag and they're getting what it's it's crony capitalism. That's what we're living in. But remember something about Fiat Chrysler. You came to me already. You dipped into my pocket already.
Yeah, I know you paid it back, right? But you got a nice little deal on that. How, when are you responsible? You can afford this because their booked profit, and we know creative accounting, right. their taxable income was $4 billion last year. You can afford this plan. Do the right thing. But how do you, you just got to create an incentive? I, and again, I don't know all. The, you, you're, giving the, you're giving Why? me the numbers, but you've got to create some incentive. This is the you? world head. This is Chrysler headquarters, right? City. A lot of the work here is already here. I understand the city of Warren, all of these cities. Look at Oakland County. Brooks Patterson, if he was here, he'd tell you, you know what? We're losing some businesses because Detroit's giving some incentives away. Right. There's competition amongst these cities. So, yeah, but you see what's so, happening? We're killing ourselves, giving money to people that don't need it. Well, are you killing the... the, the, the Public bank. Public bank? But what about the jobs that are being created? So these people now that are making, they can make a living wage. Watch this. The jobs that are being created. And they're working. Get to be taxed by the city at 2%. Fine. Okay. That doesn't equal what the city's given them. Well, you don't like the number. You don't like the math. But the concept is okay. That doesn't lie. No, but you don't. But you don't like the math. Liars lie. You like you don't like the math, but you like the concept, though. Oh, yeah. Let me ask you: if the if the city could give less money and create more revenue for the people, you'd love that. Hundred percent. So it's just the math you don't like, right? Well, yeah. Okay. The job of the government is to give some jobs to these people. What's this? What's this here? People need to make. Hold on. Need to work. What I got here in my pocket? I got. uh, I got twenty. A lot of money there. 40, 60, 61, 62. I got 65 bucks here. Okay. Okay. I'm going to hand it to you. Want some more wine? Yeah. Got it. Okay. I want you to hand it to Joey. Here, Joey. Thank you. Hand it back. Nothing happened. Right. That's math because we didn't do anything. Minimum, this better come back what I gave it to you. Wait a minute. You just said 10,000 jobs here. Yeah, but think about that again. Where's the absolute promise? Of ten thousand jobs, five thousand. Well, let's in the- say five thousand from Fiat Chrysler. We know that. We, yeah. we, we agree on that. Number. But then Detroit, because I read the fine print. Detroit puts in their, you know, just like Illich with his watercolors. Right. Detroit puts out graphs and charts with pies and blue colors. That's corporate vomit. But go ahead. Yeah, it's, it's corporate that's vomit. That's okay. The assumption is we're gonna over thirty years. Don't forget, a dollar today is worth fifty cents in thirty years. Oh, less than that. Probably. Okay. Okay. The assumption is. The ancillary taxes, the tax revenues from things from this factory, will be 140 million. That's that's just bullshit math. Let's pretend it's zero, just so we're certain. Okay. Okay. Everything else is gravy. Even with that phony number, we don't break even. I spend a lot of time in the city. We don't got enough. You're gonna. What's you're gonna- your solution? What's your solution? It seems to me, just conceptually here, yes. Fiat Chrysler wants to invest. They want to expand their product. They've mm-hmm. got to move into new products. They've got to get into autonomous cars. Mm-hmm. They've got to uh, driverless, all that stuff. So they want to expand. Apparently, they feel the city of Detroit's okay to do it in. Yeah. What would you do if you were mayor? Would you say, hey, just, we've got some property here, um, but it's private property, so we'd have to buy the property, or would you encourage Fiat Chrysler to go? Yeah, you the you you pay for it, and you know what? I can do a sweetener. The they buy it from the billionaire. If you got to tweak the billionaires, like we do have some uh, some properties that are abandoned that you're interested in, you can have that. But we're not paying the cash, right? The other thing I can do is get the red tape out of the way, the cleanup that's for sure, right? Yeah, the right. other part, I don't care about. Well, I do care, but. It, as as you know, right. someone in in working the the deal, right. 
No, you don't need to hire 51% of the people from Detroit because 51% of your employees don't even live there. So what I will do, instead of requiring you to load up your balance sheet with useless jobs, is I'll give you a bonus for everybody in Detroit that you do hire. But there's no requirement that it be the majority Detroit. Where does that money come from, the bonus? Okay, well, it's, it's, it's less... It's less than requiring 51% of the, the people. the bonus and, goes and, back to Fiat Chrysler? Sure. If they hire a Detroit worker? Right. Who makes a 50000 a year, 100000 whatever they right. pay them? There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. Is that incentive? And then you can, you can hit, you want to pay for it, you, you tax the worker from Detroit. So you want Fiat Chrysler to go and buy all the private land? Do it like you used to do it, Fiat yeah. and Chrysler and GM and... Isn't that what Matty Maroon was doing? Matty Maroon was actually buying up private land, and he had a whole... Bada-bing. Smart. He's very smart. Very smart. He's extremely... That's exactly what he was doing, waiting for the opportunity to do something with that land. Now, Fiat Chrysler says, hey, we need the land, Matty Maroon. Pay him. Who do you think made it out I know Matty Maroon. Matty Maroon, for the listener, um, is a big truck, international trucking magnate. He makes his money on shipping, but he also owns the Ambassador Bridge. He came up, a good friend of his was Jimmy Hoffa. This guy's hard as nails, he's in his 90s. His son Matthew's running the company now. They own the train station, made a good deal with Ford. That's who they are. Right. But I know Matty Maroon, and I know Matthew, and I've looked at their war room and their chart and their global thought here. And he's smart because he picks the future. Okay, Chrysler's over here. This deal did not just pop up. This deal's 10 years, been sure 10 years in the making. I'm sure it is. Right? We got... The public got the worst possible piece of it. But Manny Maroon knew, probably right there. And on the waterfront, right there next to the bridge. And right there next to the train tunnel. Property in Delray probably is worth nothing until oh. they built that bridge. Or until they started making watch that it. bridge. We're going to move along to the right. next thing, but watch this. Here's the other part. Speaking of Manny Maroon, Matthew Maroon, the bridge. You heard anything on the Canadian bridge, the Gordie Howe? No. no. So watch this. More bullshit that the media uh, seals flapped their flippers together, ate the sardine. Where, where, where is it? Because Canada's broke. This is a huge boondoggle. If they actually decide to pay for it all, it'll be a money loser. But unlike our people, Canada's dragging its feet. Like, I don't know if that's a good investment. Oh, well, I understand. They're smart up there. Smart. Well, Canada's supposed to be paying for this, though. But you, there's no budget for it. I don't know. I haven't. I what have, they yeah. do is they're trying to save face to me, I think. And they just, every six months, and they'll probably do it after they hear the No Bullshit News Hour, there next week's news today. They'll push more dirt around, say something's coming, and it doesn't come. Maroon's an animal. Are you smart? Yeah. He's genius. And he doesn't really take government handouts. Although he got a nice deal here. Yeah. All right, let, here, let me... Uh, we get to some business. Hey, can you, uh, my brother, Joey, can you call uh, the Sarge? Okay. <laughs> Do a commercial. Do you have a commercial? I got, yeah, I got a couple commercials here. We, we got music for, oh, look, Joey is like, young man, you're going places. It's not from the city of Detroit, though. They're not sponsoring this, are they? No. Look no wacky. You know what? You know what? <laughs> I don't know him. Maybe you're a big time city official who could travel with your entourage on the people's dime. <laughs> Maybe you can hook your girlfriend up with government contracts. But if you're not among the elite who can make your pal's pockets fat off the taxpayer's back, you're going to have to provide for your own retirement and theirs and the girlfriend's. Say it. If you have any questions whether or not you, little man, regular man, 
real woman, if you are on the right track, please call financial specialist Luke Nowacki at 248-663-4748. Grow your assets from pension planning to college savings plans to retirement. Your politicians are depending on you as are all the first responders that got screwed in this bankruptcy. That's Luke Nowacki, 248-663-4748. I cannot tell you how generous the man is. I'm not allowed to. He cares. He cares. Man, he he's a really good dude. I'm doing my personal finances with him. Good. Yeah. Good. Let me I can do the legal part here. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Royal Lawns Associates, Inc., member of FIRAISIPC. Royal Lawns Associates, Inc. is separately owned and other entities in our marketing names, products, services, members here are independent. Royal Lawns Associates, Inc. There you go. That's legal. In the court. Thank you. Yeah, it's been vetted. Hey, let me ask you right now. We've got a White House correspondent, a congressional correspondent. We've got a border correspondent. We have a, a correspondent in Chicago. We have City Hall in Detroit correspondents. Would you, we have a pollster. Yeah. We have a marijuana correspondent. Yeah. Would you here today yeah. make the announcement that you will be the No Bullshit News Hour legal correspondent? <laughs> call me. Yes, I will. But, call, but if I, I may. That was have, a yes. That was a yes, but I That's may right. have some other jobs, ab- obligations. But I, yes, it, put it, the it, answer down as yes. Yes. Yeah, this is great. You heard it. Right going to send you a Coney kit, dude. Oh, Yes. And a T-shirt. All right. That's what I want. But I want to tell you about Dr. Yaldo. Yeah. You hate your reading glasses? Do you? Uh, Yes. Yes. You hate your bifocals? Yes. You forget them? Yes. You lose them? Yes. You break them? No. Okay. But you lose them. Okay. You'd give anything not to need them anymore? You know, I, I, this, well, I don't know. Yes, of course, of course. Yes, I would. Okay, Absolutely. well, you can yes. be done with those old-fashioned technologies, Charlie. <laughs> Dr. Yaldo has helped over 50,000 metro area people get 20-20 vision or better with what's called Custom Cats, or I'm sorry, Cats Custom LASIK, the most advanced in the world. I know they. I went in there. They explained the science to you. Yeah. That's Cats Custom LASIK, the most advanced in the world, and the amazing multifocal lens implants for people 50-plus it will give you great near and far vision for life, and you'll never get cataracts. I like your glasses, by the way. Thank you. They're my wife's, and I had a crazy glow. Right. But I'm going back to Yaldo and all Sure, sure. No matter what, everyone should get an eye exam, and uh, regular insurance covers it. And see if LASIK or multifocal lens implants are right for you. That evaluation is free. Call 1-800-398-EYES and say LaDuff sent you, and you'll get the no-bullshit discount. That's 800-398-EYES, or go to YaldoEyeCenter.com. Beautiful. All right. Beautiful. Yeah. You going to go? I might. Call them. Because I, I get a little something. Everybody. Oh, that, do you get a little kickback yeah. on it? Yeah. Good. A little kickback. Okay. Right. <laughs> this is world. Detroit. Why not? That's right. <laughs> okay, listen, man. Let, let's, let's go internationally here, all right? Mm-hmm. Big news in the world. The United States is ratcheting up pressure on Iran. You know about this. Yep. Some are worrying... That we're laying the groundwork for yet another war in the Middle East. This at the same time, that according to a Pentagon report, dig this, 71% of Americans, young people, 71% of America's young people are ineligible for military service because, one, obesity, two, lack of a GED, three, criminal record. Crazy. So that's, as one great philosopher once said, 
Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. It's Animal House. Okay, so I was on Fox News with uh, Martha McCallum this week to discuss that very subject and promote the paperback release of my latest book. What is it called again? Shit Show. Ah. The country's collapsing and the ratings are great. And let me say this. You can get a signed copy of my book, autographed copy, from our website. Go to nobsnews.com or you can just get a regular book at Amazon. How much is it? Uh, let's see. I don't know. Whatever it is, it's worth it. Fuck yeah, it's yes. worth it. Yeah. It's uh, autograph too. No, it's nothing. the only book from the streets. Yeah. And nothing extra for the autograph. No. It's going to be valuable. It's no, a, you, you've got a lot of memorabilia in this, in this studio here. It's not my studio in the lower level. Okay, anyway, here's, uh, here's my talk with uh, Martha McCallum uh, this past Wednesday. 71% of young adults aged 17 to 24 are ineligible to serve in the military. Put another way, out of all the young people in this country, less than one-third are eligible to serve. So why is that? Why so many? These three reasons. Obesity, lack of a high school diploma, or an existing criminal record. 71% of 17 to 24-year-olds, according to the Pentagon. I mean, I, I just think that number is absolutely incredible. Joining me now is Charlie LaDuff, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist and author of S show, you fill in I the think blanks. She said uh, the country's collapsing and the ratings are great, is the subtitle. Charlie, good to see you back on the show. Thanks for being here tonight. Uh, what, what's your reaction Thanks to, that, to those numbers? I was, I was floored when I saw that number this morning. Well, I'm from a military family, so I, I remember the movie Animal House? Yeah. Remember Dean Wormer? Yes. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, young man. That's pretty much what it is. Mm. Um, much of that has to do with health, which is also asthma, bad eyes, and all of that. But it's right. it's being fat. We don't we don't eat right. We don't exercise. Our kids stare at screens. We commit crimes. About ten ten percent of that, one tenth, is uh, because people commit serious felonies or serious misdemeanors. Mm -hmm. And then what's not in there is drug use. Military won't take you if you're a drug user. So you have opioids, marijuana. So it's probably even less than 29%. So this creates a huge problem for the well-being and security of the country. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, the, the Pentagon says, you know, that number is so small, that 29% of eligible young people. So they're battling with business, uh, you know, and the other options that these young people can do to get people to join the military. I mean, that, I mean, I guess in some ways it's good news for the 29% because they're definitely going to get a job and they're in very high demand. But, you know, what, are, what choices are they going to make and which way do they want to go and what does that mean for our security? What, what, what does that just mean for the country? I mean, look, machines are taking over. You know what, what kind of warriors we're raising? Are the joystick warriors with the bag of Doritos? That's so about pathetic. what young people are. It is. It is. But think about this. About... 300,000 people will actually, of the group that's eligible, right, the 29, will actually talk to the military. So the pool you've got each year for recruiting is 300,000? Yeah. Think you know what's about... I'm sorry. Uh, what strikes me is we've been doing a lot of segments on World War II leading up to the 75th anniversary of D-Day, and you think about how for so many of those young men, they will tell you, look, this was my way up and out. You know, I, I wanted to, you know, get an education. They got education afterwards. Um, and, and this was a way that I could sort of make my mark in the world. They had that ambition to do that no matter what their circumstances were. 
Well, you know, my stepdad was a World War II vet, and it was just a matter of pride to serve his country. Yeah. My father was a NAM vet, and it straightened his life out. You know what I mean? The military did that for him. So that's where I'm coming from. So when I was in Iraq, and I was fortunate enough to be able to leave, think about this. Since 9-11, each soldier has done, on average, two tours yeah. in Afghanistan or Iraq or both. A 20% have done three tours, 50,000 soldiers have done four tours or more. So who's carrying the burden? Since nobody wants to get off the couch, crack the books, or you know, keep your finger out of other people's cars, what, what's this leave us? It's this really serious problem. So we're gonna have to build robots, artificial intelligence, to do our fighting and not look at the news. Look at Iran, look what's going on in the Straits. What are we gonna do, send the same people over? See, young people, you got to wipe your nose, do a couple of push-ups, read a book. It's good for you. I like young people, but it's... I do, too. We're... I know. Charlie, I hear you. Like and, and, you know, I, I, it's, it's, it's very dark news, but I hope somebody out there listens to this and they look at their child and, and they say, you know, let, let, let's turn your life around. Not that everyone has to go into the military, but let's, you know, get off the couch. Let's try to keep, you know, ourselves out of jail and let's finish high school and let's make a good life for ourselves and for some of them they will also choose to serve their country these numbers are shocking uh charlie thank you very much you're a great sociologist and uh journalist and it's great to see you tonight thank you for Uh, being here thanks for having me martha you bet yeah hey yeah ura sergeant you on the line no i'm here my man uh listen i want to welcome my old pal retired staff sergeant tommy isola from roseville in the house we were in Iraq together during the invasion. He is a Marine, me as a reporter. What's up, blood? Not much. How you doing, Charlie? Hey, you ever talked to Charlie Langton? Hey, Tommy, yeah, how we are ran, you? Yeah, good, good. Charlie, I ran in you at that uh, chili cook-off at the Detroit Zoo. I remember, yes, I remember, you that, remember You don't remember Tommy. I remember Tommy, but I remember the chili cook-off, though. Tommy, true <laughs> blue. I remember the first part of it, anyway, <laughs> the chili cook-off. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, uh, shit, man, okay. God, there's just so much we could do here. Like you, you are now. I know, but dude, just ahead. listening to that that segment right there yeah. that blows my mind. Why? Because I, Charlie, growing up, I never once just sat there. I was a kid, always out doing stuff for one. Okay, and, and two, our commander in chief in the Obama administration. So the commander in chief at the time started putting some heavy-duty restraints on retention. So you had good Marines that were kind of, so to say, forced out. Yeah, they're trying to to pare back the military, the sort of low hangers at the bottom end of the spectrum. They they want them to retire and get out, right? Right. So you you, you, whittle down the military. So now you're looking at trying to get people in that you can't get in, but you kick people out that wanted to stay in? Yep, well, that's that. But uh, let me do that. Yes. So, you know, not to go to the politics. Here's the deal, Tommy. You're working in an auto factory in Macomb County. You're a white man. You're a veteran. I say all this with pride. They're going to spend about 5000 bucks, 10000 bucks to get your vote. You're like the target audience. So tell me, bro. Yeah. We're in Iraq together. Yeah. You did your service. What was it for? What, what, you know, what did we do there? Be honest, man. No bullshit. This is no bullshit news. 
Right. So, Charlie, I remember we were doing a retrograde on the way back. And I was. What's a retrograde? Retrograde is when we wrap up our deployment and we were starting to go back to Kuwait to get back on our ship because we were already out. By the time we got back to Camp Lejeune, North Carolina, we were out for nine months. So we were starting to get back so we could get our butts back over to Camp Lejeune. We were all sitting around on the beach in Kuwait talking to our sergeant major. And I sat there and I'm listening to everything everyone's talking about. And it just kind of had one of those, wait a minute moment. <laughs> what, what the hell's going on? <laughs> so then I, I asked the question because no one else was going to. And I look around, I'm like, sergeant major, what did we do? And then everyone just kind of <sighs> and, and gasped because I asked the question. I'm like, I, I get we, you know, yeah, okay. We may have secured a route to Baghdad. We may have our recon attached to our unit may have recovered uh, a body from the air wing. But in the grand scheme of things, the U.S., what, what are we doing? <laughs> and at that point, it really started to feed the liberation stuff. We're here to help. We're here to liberate. That's what the sergeant we'll, told you? The sergeant major did. Yeah. So, so then, it, it, well, wait a minute, though. What, what happened to weapons of mass destruction, though? Uh, you were with me, Charlie. We went to that stadium. We went to so many different sites. <laughs> I, I drove you. I know that stadium, this. dude. We almost, oh, yeah, we did. We just got torn in shreds, man. Yeah. BBC guys. <laughs> yeah, the fucking BBC. They, you know, we're, we're there. We're, we get uh, intel that there's a weapons of mass destruction hidden in the soccer stadium. So we go there. It's bullshit. We beat the Flintstones over there. The, although they're bad motherfuckers, they just didn't have the weaponry anymore. <laughs> and the BBC wants to go live, right? Except all the guns took off. So the only thing left is the clown cart. I called it the clown cart, which was the media, the embedded yeah. media. And, and the fucking media is treating it like it's, a, like it's a scene, like it's a Hollywood movie. We're live here, here in, this, in, the, in the middle of the soccer stadium and the weapons of mass destruction. This and all of a sudden, here comes the village. And they're starting to they're starting to close in, and they're starting to pull on the truck, and they're starting to shake the truck. And I'm, well, I don't even know what I said. Get the fuck in the truck! This isn't a joke. But Tommy, yeah, Tommy, how many tours did you do over there? I'm, I want to talk. I, go ahead. I did three, three all together. You did three tours of Iraq. Yeah. Okay, I know this. They put you at a checkpoint, didn't they? Remember that? Yeah, I was at a checkpoint. Remember the point. car bombs? Yeah. Did you ever have like a group of women or children? Something like, did you ever almost, did you waste somebody? No, it came close though. Tell me about it. Because like, when you have a group of women come through, it's, it's so sketchy because you're trying to respect their culture, but at the same time, you're trying to look out for yourself and everyone else at that checkpoint. I mean, under that dress, you don't know what they have. So when someone starts making all these movements, you pay attention to this. So someone who's really got nothing to hide just kind of sits there and they're waiting for direction. But when you have people making all these movements and you kind of get nervous, it, it, it happens. It comes with the territory. But so we're all was... sitting there and, and this group of women come through. They didn't end up having anything, but you, you don't know that until after the fact. So they Tommy, Tommy, through. this was, but this was serious though, wasn't it? Didn't you feel yeah, oh, yeah. at that point oh, in time yeah. that you were doing something that meant something? 
you know, Charlie, you feel like you are because at that point in time, it's not, it's weird because you don't start thinking about why we're doing it. When you're put in that position, it's more yourself and everyone around you is as priority. But you know what? I tell you, but Tommy, if you didn't have the guts to go there to take that job, like some fat slob that couldn't get your job, doesn't it make you feel that you know you are doing something that is valuable? Yeah, but that, that's where the sense of pride comes in. What Charlie had mentioned about his stepfather and that segment on Fox News—that's where the sense of pride comes in, and that's where patriotism comes in because. He, you do want to feel like you're doing something. And uh, don't get me wrong. I will never talk bad about the Marine Corps. Hell, if I could have stayed in, I would have. I would have done the full 20 and then some. I do not regret it one day in my life. I think it helped shape me and mold me to the person I am today. But, you know, Tommy, my thought on it, you know, I'd like to feel in a little way I served, you know. I'll, I'll go. I'll do it. But here's a whole different matter. When it comes down to, you got to level that barrel at some people, some women. You don't even know how to say stop in Arabic, and they don't know what stop means in English, right? Right. It's no longer at that point a sense of, like, the national mission. It's just surviving you and your, yeah. guy, you and your guys, right? Right. And I, I, I just remember, man, the truck we had, the Humvees that were there, there was no armor on those no, no, it was, that was the first wave. It was, was, no it was such an ill thought out thing. And what, what I, I'm a patriot and I will, I will give my life for this country. I will. I have no doubt about it. No qualms. But if you're going to send my brothers, my sisters, my cousins, my countrymen, you better have a fucking plan and it better not change two weeks into the deal. Cause right. re- remember the, we're going over that hill and we're going to take on the, 10th mechanized Republican guard that, you know, the, the elite tank unit. Remember that? Yeah. And we get over the hill and there's, it's a ghost yard of tanks and there's nobody there. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and, and we're convoying back and there's about a hundred young rugged looking men in clean clothes with a white flag above their head. And I said to the Colonel, I said, sir, you know who those guys are, right? And he goes, yeah, we're not here to, uh, we're here to liberate. We're not here to occupy. And I said to him, this thing hasn't even started. Nope, and it has. And now here we are because we uncorked the genie in the bottle. Iran, we're back again. And this, yep. this whole segment is, we don't, now it's serious because Syria, right? Yemen, um, Libya, all of it. We uncorked the genie and we don't have anybody to mop up the mess. Whose fault is that? Whose fault that we don't understand the politics of this part of the world? Whose fault is I want to ask the soldier who did who did a good portion of his life. I mean, I don't want to know about fault, but Tommy. Yeah. Who did it? I mean, go listen, everybody's listening to you, man, because they have me on Fox News, but they should have you on Fox News. So we're all listening. Okay, so military and all that put aside, so to go with the title, no bullshit. We did it. Oh. We had a we, we empowered a dictator to take over and run this place, and then we said, "No, you're not doing this right. We're going to come in, and well, well, we're going to leave you now." And then everyone and their brothers run through the borders. And now there's a scramble for who's the next dictator, right? Yeah. 
Oh, but by the way, you've got ISIS running through there. Oh, by the way, Iranian, Iran's running through there. So, what the fuck? <laughs> so wait a minute. Let's let's step back though. When when Saddam was in power, dictator that he was, and okay, so he had harsh methods. That country was in check, wasn't it? I didn't have no problem with it. But we don't like it. But wait, there's weapons of mass destruction. So there's another thing we don't like. So let's just go in here and kick his ass. Well, I think that was like, you know, if you look at it, like George Bush won, was real politic, real dude. He was, he was a smart guy, you know, head of the CIA and whatnot. He knows Cold War's over. We've armed Saddam to shell the Iranians and the Ayatollah. It's done. We need to disarm you. We need to take those oil fields, and we're smart enough not to go into Baghdad, right? No fly zone. Yeah. And then, yeah. you know, Clinton does nothing. The threat grows. We get Osama bin Laden. I live in New York. They torched my neighborhood. I want Osama bin Laden's head. I will admit that. We should have done that. We finally did that. But I didn't understand why we were going into Baghdad. I never did. But yeah, I loved you. I wanted to be there with you because it was my honor, bro, to put your name in history because you were my, you know, you're the guy I played football against. You're the guy that does the work. We're the guys and the gals that do the work. No, I respect that, and I thank you for that. Did I do you honorably? You did. You did. I hope so. You did. You did. So you came let's home, go man. To, go ahead. Let's go, let's go back to what you were just saying with New York and Ground Zero, right? So when all that happened... You're right. Why, why did we go messing around in Baghdad when we knew where we needed to be originally? Right. And I think you know this as a Marine. We had Osama bin Laden surrounded at Tora Bora. Remember Tora Bora? Sure do. And we sent in what? 2,000 troops? Why don't we send in 10,000 troops? He, he escaped. And then he's living in Pakistan, to which we're sending so much money that could save Detroit, you know? Or the, ba yeah. the Baghdad Fire Department. I don't know if you ever saw that. I did. Man, that thing is modern. Way modern than ours. That's the shit well, I mean, they got to put out all the oil fields, man. Oh, man. Oh, dude. Okay. Here. The oil fields are on fire. Okay. I'm out there with a general. <laughs> A motherfucker pulls out his cock and starts pissing in front of me. That's part one. Part two, a Bedouin, you know, like the the roaming people of the desert. Guy pulls yep. up on a on a camel wearing a blue blazer and a silver watch. Okay? He's obviously he's a sheik and he's big deal, right? And he says in Arabic and then in English, he says, food, 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 food. Give him some food. Water, 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 water. We give him some water. And then he says, cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> so I bet he was downloading, downloading porn. Because <laughs> the world's connected. And if I was them dudes, excuse me, let me clean up my English. This wine's working, Charlie. Good. Keep it going. If I were those dudes, I, I, I'm not having anybody invade my country either. I'm fighting. Right? Nobody's invading the United States. I'm fighting. So that's what we sent you into. I don't blame the douchebag for playing, you know, Fortnite, right, and talking to everybody on the phone. It's, it's for fun, 
But when we need you people out there, where are you? Yeah. We can't have Tommy doing three tours. And then, Tommy, you came home. Did you try the VA? Yeah, of course. How was that, <laughs> bro? Course. I bet that was great. Oh, dude. Did you get good can't treatment? Even describe. Cannot even describe how fun it was. Go on real quick. Hit us. Yeah, and by fun, I mean it was miserable. It, at the time, you can't get... I went in there after getting out. You can't get answers from anybody. The people that were working there didn't seem like they wanted to be there or help you in any means. So when you finally do get an answer, <laughs> which is usually the wrong answer, you're running around doing something you never needed to do to begin with. So you were medically discharged, right? Yeah, I was. They medically retired me after 11 years of honorable service. So injured. Yeah. If you want to tell us what it is, I know it's personal. You don't have to, but. Uh... Yeah, so it's it's ulcerative colitis, which is like Crohn's disease. And they said it was uh, from being stressed out. That's what it kicked everything all in the gear. I mean, okay, maybe, but. You're no pussy. I'm you're like, at... yeah, you know, just your ass was on fire. Yeah. yeah, but uh, with that being said, though, it's like every 10 minutes you just go and they're saying they're stopping it. And you didn't get the treatment that we're all paying for and want you to have. I don't even know what that treatment is, to be honest with you, because I don't even know if any veteran does. Tommy, how old are you? I am 36 years old, Charlie. Wow, wow. And yeah. you got PTSD, man? I think yeah, everybody kind of does, but we just don't openly talk about it. We'll leave it at that. Well, there's yeah. a, there's a bright side. I, I can I I'll, I'll go and talk about it. There's a there was one time this ex girlfriend I had. I was we were sleeping in bed, and in my dream, Charlie, believe it or not, I, I was thinking back to uh, the stadium and the village and everyone just coming after us. And imagine like this little kid grabbing on my magazine and trying to pull my rifle off of me and, and then just started swinging and I ended up punching her in the back of the head. She, she wakes up going, what the fuck? And I'm like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I can't even tell you what happened because I don't even know if you believe me. And we went, went right back to bed like nothing happened. This time I socked her in the face because I was dreaming I was fighting one of the interpreters at a truck yard. I was shuttling supplies back and forth across a different area of operation. So, I mean, yeah, there's going to be a level of uh, PTSD, I think. All, all that stuff that was in your dreams really did happen in life, didn't it? Yeah, it did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it did. There's other stuff. I don't know if you remember this, but I remember uh, when we got back on that truck and uh, McSweeney, Captain McSweeney that was with us, when we were doing our little after-action I'm pretty sure we talked about this because we, we got close then. And I mean, that's how we stayed in touch. So look at us now. But I'm pretty sure I told you I remember someone grabbing on the magazine of my wife and, and I didn't like that. That's when that's when you you started helping out saying, let's go, we got to go. Because they, they weren't listening, the BBC guys, they didn't care. No. Didn't I give you a battlefield promotion? Because you did. You I did. did. Re reporters you did. in Iraq were, were to be considered uh, the rank of major. And so I got yeah. the sir and the sir, and I'm, you know, I, Tommy, I, I think you got a lot in you. So I gave him a battlefield promotion to the lieutenant, and I informed yeah. the colonel. 
He's <laughs> been promoted to lieutenant. The colonel said to Tommy, I thought you were smarter than that. <laughs> uh, hey, t- hey, Tommy, can I just ask a question, Scott? What do you think about bringing back the draft? Everybody, everyone in high school, when you graduate from high school that summer, everybody does a basic training. The whole, fat or not, you, just three months, two months, whatever it may be. We, we can set the timeline. Like the Israelis. Yes, like Swiss. A lot of countries do this. What do you yep. think that would do for this country as far as patriotism, respect for what you do in the military, et cetera? What do you think? So this kind of, uh, there's a two-sided point on that one, right, Charlie? Because one, there's going to be your veterans like myself who are going to be all for that. Then there's going to be your bleeding hearts and your mothers of America who are going to say, hell no, my kid's not doing that. Okay, but then I ask that mother, well, what is your kid doing now? Granted, you don't want your son or daughter to go, but but now you have this obese kid who's, like Charlie said, a joystick controller gamer. What was that, Charlie? Yeah. yeah. That's it, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Fake yeah, death, so, death for entertainment. I think, yeah, so... I think the peer pressure alone would in your junior year or sophomore year would say, you know, if you're fat, you're going to have to do your basic training. You're not going to be able to do it. Shape up now. I think that would do wonders. Or, I don't know. you know, this wine's working, I, but I watch it. this. Here's the thing that it, it could also do. The military is the great equalizer in this country. It, it broke uh, segregation barriers. It broke um, uh, sexual barriers, gender barriers. I think it's an opportunity where we're all in this together, where you meet others from other places within your very vast country, and it could have, uh, you know, a mediating effect on, on, on all the issues we're having. And, in fact, it'll make you stronger. The military does make you sharper. And um, I think veterans, I really do. I've always said this. This isn't new. I think... If you're a vet and you served, your vote should be 1.25. You get like one quarter of an extra vote for your service to maintain the union. Not just because you're some fat ass eating Doritos and killing for fun. I just, because when I was over there, it wasn't fun. It was really scary. And I met a lot of guys who lost their girlfriends or their children were being born. Or you're, you're laying in a, you know, basically a mud hut. And you know snipers, you know firing in on you, and they're yeah, asking, you know, fire. Yeah, and your superior officers are asking me how the country feels about what they're doing, and I gotta lie to them and say we 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 support you a hundred percent because it's no longer once you're there, it's no longer about you know what the country thinks; it's about just holding on to your life. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Don't well, forget the level of discipline you get with it, too. Like yeah, because you're doing well all, now, right? A lot of uh, Yeah, but, and, and again, though, I think anybody who, who goes in the military is going to get a level of discipline, and they're going to get that, well, I'm not just going to settle. If you just settle, to me, that's someone who's not military-minded. They just did it because they had to, not because they wanted to. And uh, I wanted to go. I wanted to, to earn that title. Because given the title of Marine, you have to earn it. You don't just go, you graduated, you're, you're now a soldier. 
That's not how the Marine Corps Well, works. a soldier, a soldier is you go to the Army. A Marine is, that's, that's the Harvard of military. Yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Well, so everyone says. And, no offense know, to those in the Army. Right, right. Shout out to my brother Frankie. First <laughs> right. calf, baby. <laughs> we love you, Frank. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but seriously, Marine Corps boot camp is 13 weeks long. So that's um, three months of long, intense training. And when I mean intense training, you, you guys, <laughs> people yelling at you, it's nothing like what these drill instructors do to you. They literally break you down and build you up. So if you're, if you accept that because that's what you're wanting to do, that's going to help build your character, help you build your career. And then when you get out, it's going to stay with you because it's already embedded in you and it's going to help you be successful. Did you make your bed this morning? <laughs> Actually, I tore it apart from getting a new one. You didn't make your bed, Marine. You guys are it's all in the wash. You guys are freaks, by the way, man. They dig four holes, right? Is it four or three holes, dude, out there? One for shaving, one for brushing your teeth, one for pissing, and one for shitting. Is that right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I mean, and if you and if you do the wash your face in the toothbrush, they yell at you. If you piss in the shit hole, they yell at you. Great. So it's very, see, very disciplined, very disciplined. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Hey well, Tom. Because mean thing ever. <laughs> He's like, oh yeah. <laughs> you, you, your piss gets soaked up. Shit, you got to burn unless you're covering it up. And dude, drinking out of you know what was the coolest thing with those osmosis bladders. Where you could take the ditch oh, water. Oh yeah! Oh my yeah, god! Yeah, See, what, what, believe it or not, yeah, I think that was some of the best water I've had. Maybe it was good. I got used to it. Yeah, I loved it. Oh, and by the way, for all you partiers on the beach this summer, here's a great military trick: if your beer's warm, put it in a sock, like a your stocking, like on your foot. Put it in there. Wet the sock, and when the water evaporates. It pulls the heat out of the beer and makes it cold. True, Tommy? You remember that, huh? Fuck wow. yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's a good See one. what you learn when you go and be in the military? These are things everybody should know. See, that's a yeah, kid. Yeah, we would actually, we would hang them off of uh, the mirrors on the truck as we're driving. <laughs> that's good stuff. And that uh, chicken cacciatore was to die for, man. Those MREs. Yeah, oh yeah. That was the best. <laughs> <laughs> and they, they gave you coffee, but no way to heat it. Yeah, sometimes your Tabasco bottle is dried up, too. I still got a bunch of those with sand in them, man. <laughs> All right, let me do this. Uh, you, you come back on, Tommy? You be our military correspondent? Yeah, I can do that for we're, you, we're, we're building a show. Well, you do it for yourself. That's You got 50,000 people listening to what a real man does in life. Yeah, I can do that for you. Okay. Yeah, for not, myself. There's no pay, you. but we'll send you a Coney kit. <laughs> and a t-shirt. Awesome. And that's it, brother. 102 that's years sweet. old. Yeah. All right, listen, we got to move on. We got to get Chicken Joe because this guy's a bitch. If he doesn't get out, <laughs> he chirps. It's, hey, it's good to hear you, bro. Hey, Tommy, good talking yeah. to you. Yeah, Charlie. We'll have to get together one day and we'll all drink wine and do this. Okay, but there. you're buying this time. <laughs> yeah, we can do that. See, I mean, because, you know, dude... You get 10% off at Arby's, and you get to get on the airplane first, and there's no place for my luggage. So, come on. It's time to pay back. Beautiful. Yeah, I'll, I'll buy you lunch. All right. I love you, man. Talk to you later. <laughs> love you guys. <laughs> All right. I'm out. Okay. Later, brother. <laughs>
Bye. Bye, Tommy. Good dude, right? Good guy. He's sharp. One of the best we got. Wow. You know what I mean? All right, listen. Uh, Up next is uh, Chicken Joe, the 59-year-old intern, who is brought to you by ADR Consultants. ADR Consultants, providing full business, construction management, and IT consulting services for your company, municipality, and law enforcement agency. ADR experienced, overseeing more than $250 million in private and public construction projects since 2001. Need to reduce costs? Need to re-engineer processes or find better vendors? ADR can save clients, not can, has saved clients millions of dollars. ADR consultants are experts in procurement, compliance, and minority participation. Honest, ethical, smart, Call Barry Ellen Tuck at 248-318-9424 for a consultation. Get the job done right, on time, on budget, ADR Consultants. 248-318-9424. Highly recommend the man. He's a very honorable guy. If you're in trouble with your project, call Barry Ellen Tuck. I'm serious. That's good. For real. Okay. Um, <laughs> Joe. Chicken Joe's on the line. Hey, Joe. Yeah. Hey, uh, Joey, we got any Hey Joe or or the chicken dance either? Hold on. Joe, what are you doing again? Oh, there you are. Okay, now can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Oh, man. Here we go, kid. Hey, Joe. Yeah, I heard you put your chicken suit on. Hey, Joe. You gave that hooker 20 bucks and she got gone. To my old lady. You know, I blew up a house when I tapped into the gas. <laughs> hey, Joe. You dressed up in that rubber suit and they whooped you in your ass. And I spanked him! Hey, Joe. Yeah. What's up, man? Man, we're out here trying to pipe fucking 18 wheeler trucks, man. You're under Sometimes the truck. Sometimes I think I work for I work for a chap Are you under the truck again today, Joe? I'm in the cab. I'm trying to take people apart the dashboard. We probably instrument cluster. Working man. Working hard. There's a guy underneath the truck with a torch trying to burn it down while I'm in there. Joe, what the fuck, man? This this the truck's not the news. Huh? Uh-huh. It's you know, it's a dangerous job. Somebody got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. Somebody, people, people don't take this junkyard job seriously. Oh. Hey, listen, Joe. So, listen, did you, what'd you do? What'd you do this week? Well, Bring we us up to, to speed. Let me do, uh, let me do, cut, cut, cut. County Treasurer Eric Sabri, who has tax foreclosed on tens of thousands of people 
is accused of setting up friends and family in violation of the county rules, and now he's got a full-blown ethics investigation. Is that correct? That's correct. Although I feel sorry for both him and the ethics panel because the ethics panel doesn't seem like they've ever been through this before. They don't know what their job is, what their authorities are. And most of the time they spend consulting with their lawyer about what exactly are their now, see, that's news, Joe. So what you're saying is the ethics panel is a bullshit kangaroo uh, wallpaper. Kind of. yeah. I, don't want to, I, don't, I don't want to throw too far under the bus. You're under the bus. So look under I'm there under for the, the ethics. Dude, I'm, I'm on, I got the permanent I do the yelling the here. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is probably their first ethics hearing. I don't know. It just seems that way. Okay, and look. I kind of feel bad. If you listen to Sabrina on the tape, he sounds like a broken man. I feel sorry for him, man. Well, let's listen to him right now. Uh, this uh, from Chicken Joe, who is our Johnny on the... Hey, Langton. Yeah. Did Fox 2 cover the ethics hearing? No. I don't think no, any TV. No. But no sense. bullshit news hour. Chicken Joe in a chicken outfit <laughs> did. Love it. I'd like to hear this. This is a crack staff right here. Okay, let's that go. Day is my wife. Shut up, Joe. I can't hear the treasurer. I'm working. I'm working. You be quiet. Hold on a second. Okay, go ahead and play this while Joe's getting his ass busted by Anthony. That day is my wife. It's one person. So you knew your wife? I knew that she was participating in the auction because uh, she didn't register to be a... She didn't register as a bidder. She was... Um, um, looking at the properties that were going for sale. And then a real estate company that was reg was already registered, um, she was interested. She said, well, if you find anything in our woods or you know, area, let me know. So that's how I knew she was participating in the auction. And uh, then when they, um, she decided to buy the properties, the deeds were put into the company's name that she owns since 2006. So you're saying she didn't directly participate in the bidding well, process. She, she had someone else bidding for her. Right, right. But I, I, I admit that the rule, the, the rule said that indirectly or directly. So I admit to that. She, she participated. Well, Mr. Spring, you said you would talk to us after you did your, your answer. And you did your answer. So how about a word? Did you think you were treated fairly here today? Joshua Van Burkham. Hey, Joe. Is he still here? Oh, thank God he's gone. Hey, hello? Oh, shit. <laughs> What's up? Why did the, first of all, uh, before we get into the meat of the matter, like, why was the sound so Battery. bad? Oh. The battery's out, Joe. Yeah. Hey, is that, An is that Anthony? That's Anthony. Let me talk to Anthony. Anthony! Yo, Tony wants to talk to you. Yo, Tony. Hey. So, well, we're, he's busy with Anthony, Charlotte. You know Sabri. Yeah, yeah. How do you know him? Uh, just know him. Uh, I don't. I don't have legal any legal circles. Uh, legal circles. Yeah, I've done a couple things with him over the past. I knew him when he was uh, with the, I think the, the, the city of the county before. Uh, he became treasurer. Don't know him super well. Legally speaking, what do you... too. <laughs> uh, legally speaking, what, what kind of anytime trouble you have a, Anytime you have a family member doing anything for which you have control over, I think it's wrong. His argument, Eric Sabri's argument, is he said under the ethical rule at the time, he 
uh, contracted out a, an independent organization. He's doing gobbledygook. Yes, things. gobbledygook. It's gobbledygook. Okay, so should he, he resign? No, no, no. I don't think so. No, I don't think so. I think he should resign. No, I don't think so. I think the, what's the penalty for the crime that he committed? I think he did do something that was improper. However, on those bids, yeah. you still have to go online and you have to be the highest bidder. Well, don't forget, so, uh, his uh, family didn't pay property taxes and they that's somehow a did. Issue. That's a different I know, issue. but it's another issue. And he well, didn't foreclose on it. Well, he's going to have to the county. He's going to have to run. And he's also so, the head, the board, that the chairman of the board of directors of the land bank, in which they were giving the primest properties to no bid um, developers who sold the, the property and pocketed it. Yeah, so he, there's a whole mess going so, on. So, so on the issue of whether his wife should participate in the auction, yeah. that's wrong. Okay. I think it's I, wrong. I, I He's not going to resign. I disagree with his interpretation yeah. of the law, but that's just me. We'll see what the ethics board comes up with. Yeah. That's a big issue. But even if he's wrong on that one, does it worthy? is it worthy of him losing his job? I'm not sure it's that The bad. treasurer's office stinks. I'm just saying, that's a bad thing. But does the treasurer's do. office stink? You're this, a reporter. I, and a I asked him that. I said, doesn't it smell bad? And he gave me some gobbledygook answer. It does smell a little bit bad, but it doesn't stink. So he's got to lose his job. It stinks to freaking high heaven. I'll it's tell you bad. what. I'll agree with you. It's you know, bad. You know who I met this week? Uh, I was writing for DeadlineDetroit.com. I'm not dead. I'm doing journalism. Next week's news today. Yes. I'm profiling a 16-year-old kid trying to make his way. Falls on his sword. His mom's having hard financial times. He goes all the way to the east side, moves in with a relative. Joe, I'm talking. A well-wisher who likes what this kid's made out of sends me 500 bucks for him. I give him the 500 bucks. We go to meet his mom. He finds out his mama is going to be evicted, foreclosed on, on $1,600 in mortgage payments, okay? She's been paying on the house for 10 years. Yeah. $19,000 mortgage. Her total note she's paid so far, 36000 oh. See, See the advantage being taken of when you don't yeah. quite know your numbers? Yeah, yeah. Right? right? Hey, kid, get off the couch, right. study. Right. <laughs> he turns the 500 bucks over to his mom because he's one of ours. We want this kid to succeed. It's, it's sad. Look, I'll put it this way. The trailer park and the ghetto, I, I lied. I want to say this. The ghetto and I'm not forgetting the trailer park, is so adrift. Yeah. There's not much being done for it. Right. We sent $750 billion to help poor people keep their homes. 80% of poor people in Michigan, for whatever reason, weren't allowed to access this money. Treasury's upset about that. We took $250 billion of that money, demolished houses in Detroit. You know where that's gone. It's a federal grand jury. And a good woman and this young kid, they don't understand the discontent. It's fucking crazy. It's crazy. It's hard to understand a lot of the very they, complicated stuff. Yes. This is very what we're asked to do. Yeah. So yeah. We gotta, that's what we have to explain. So a bottle of wine and an hour later. Right. Yeah, we want to be interesting, yeah. but we want to report these things. We've got to be able to, but we got to. And you're not a liberal. No, I'm. I'm, I'm not a liberal play, either. I play it down, straight down the line. I'm a human. Well, I'm just a human. Yeah, me too. I don't know a little bit labels, but you have to explain this stuff. You have to understand this stuff, though. I think what Eric Sabri did, though, is that he should come up and say, "I made a mistake," and I'm not totally sure he said that. 
Um, that so, would be good. So That's a it good would be start. A good start. I I agree. Um, and they know, did suspend that program where the connected developers oh, right? got to pocket the dough. Oh, good. That's power good. to That's the good. press. Power to the people. Good. That's good. That's because good. this shit's gonna burn. Yeah. I'm telling. The, the economy's not good. You know that, right? Yeah. It's tough. I mean, you go from Sterling Heights to Royal Oak to Detroit to Brown. Right? You all see. Over. I go all over. You, the place. Tell me, this thing's healthy. I think there's a lot of pro- people that need work. Yeah. And jobs are key in this In country. decent wages. Don't mess with my job. Yeah, I need That's some green. Thing. That's Don't, the color. I know. And so if people are cheating the government or they're getting some advantage where they shouldn't, that's a problem. Well, then I need to say this. That's true. But what about the government cheating us? That is true. Yeah. That's, that's become a fact. I know. And if they don't stop it. It's going to be your next book. It's right here. Shit show. Hey, Joe. Another book. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Joe? Hello? Where's Anthony? He's out there trying to get the cab off this truck. All right. Uh, I, got a, I got a beef with your boy Charlie Langton, too, man. You got a beef with Langton. We, Hurry up. We're running, we're running along here. When, when we were in that casino place talking to the Governor Whitner right. and everything, I was Wait talking a minute. to him. It's, it's called a casino, and, and her name is Whitmer, not Whitner. Just. Well, whatever it is, you're our correspondent. I was talking to Charlie. Right. Right. Talking to Charlie Langton face to face, and he stood there and let them security people snatch me out of there right from in front of him. He didn't even say, "Hey, wait a minute, that's your father." <laughs> but I mean, Joe, we were having a conversation, man. How are you going to let them guys just snatch Joe, me out of there? Talk to me. Talk to the governor. Talk to Whitmer. She were ran, ran out of there. She didn't talk to anybody, dude. Dude, she we just did a segment her. while you were under the truck. God bless you. Of personal responsibility, a man being a man and handling his business. Don't blame it on Langton. <laughs> Nothing happened to you. Joe, you, I've seen you in action. You're all right. You get in there. You, uh, he you does, do what right? You, do. you hear that, Joe? You're okay. You're okay, Joe. Yeah. You hear that, Joe? Joe's getting yeah. famous. He's, he's very famous. He's get, Joe, you hear that? Matt Phillips is your biggest fan, by the way. You know Matt Phillips, who mm-hmm. produces a lot, does a lot for this show. Yeah. Matt Phillips, Joe, is your biggest fan. And he was talking, because I knew you were upset because... For, for whatever reason, you thought I prevented you from getting the interview with Whitmer. Joe's perverted world, yeah. I know, it's okay, though. But anyway, Joe, I, I've seen you in action over there. You just keep on doing what you're doing there. Yeah, yeah just keep doing what you're doing, Joe. Like you, just, you just keep on going. All right. You hear that? That's from a pro. Now, listen, Joe, here's the thing. Yeah. Don't go to an ethics meeting for four hours and come back with 45 seconds of tape. Well, I had almost seven minutes. I know, I had to cut. It was all garbage. It's garbage. There you go. There you go. In the 45 we'll seconds. It was like it was like I was listening through some crinkly saran wrap. <laughs> because I had I had everything that you had said you wanted before. Me talking to people, getting their point of view, the people saying their minds to the thing, and what happened at the thing, the dude confessing. I wasn't even going to use any of the audio from the actual meeting, but when I started going through it and hearing this dude confessing, I'm like, wait a minute, this is what we need right here. And lo and behold, that's the only part to use. <laughs> Wacka 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 wack, and complaining all day. Wacka 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 wack. It was forty-five seconds. Wacka 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 wack, and it's not a nightmare. And it's not a nightmare. Then then in four hours, got forty-five seconds. Wacka wacka wack, and cut. Thanks for your hard work, Joe. Uh, I will say this: the real ballers in the 
foreclosure world, the people real smart, the Paffendorfs and the Housing Coalition people really appreciate your presence at this because you're keeping an eye on it. Nine-year-olds love you. They want to know what Chicken Joe's thought about all this. Give us one sentence. What do we tell the nine-year-olds about what you saw this week? Um, that's a good question. Stumped just trying, to, just trying to hold elected officials accountable to what they were elected for, and keep them clean. Thanks, Joe. <laughs> Thanks, Joe. Talk to you in two weeks. I'm going to Poland, Holmes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bye, Have Joe. Fun. Good, good talking to you, Joe. Good work, Joe. Good talking to you too, Mister Lincoln. Oh, Joe. Have one more thing. Day. What's next? Yeah. What's next? What's next? Is June 9th be another hearing? <laughs> Are you going to be there? I'm going to be there. Yeah, I'm going to be there. there. Okay. Sure. Now, I want you to bust right. balls this time. Don't tape the whole meeting. Tape a little bit of it. Find what's the interesting point. Wait for the guy outside the meeting and drill him with questions. Okay? Well, Joe, you can do it. Joe, you can do and, it. Right. Right. And if Lincoln was there, I could follow his example. Yeah, and you'd blame him for everything. All right, go back to work, Joe. <laughs> Tell Tony I said hi. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right, later. Bye, Joe. Have a good weekend. All right, you too. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh, I'm in Poland next week uh, where the no bull, uh, the shit show, the country's collapsing, the ratings are great, will be released. Uh, Detroit there is a bestseller. Wow. I'm very happy to go. Um, Want to get the book? Just go to nobsnewshour.com and uh, I can sign it for you. Charlie, thanks for being here, man. This is very fun. I had a great time. It's a good show. Great, a very good time. Really good show. Yeah, Tommy and, and Joe and good stuff. Yeah, and you, good for stuff. sure, you man, you're the I man. Stuff. I you want, stuff. You want to get another glass of wine? I might. Yeah, I let's might. let's go get a glass of wine after this because <laughs> I get to hang with Charlie Langdon. <laughs> right? What do you think, Joy? Yeah, sounds yeah. good. Cho, uh, oh yeah, and I'm going to get you lunch. And thank you so much for filling in for Bob. It's been great. And <laughs> we're going to have to replace Bob. Oh, He's oh. in Africa, he can't hear this. <laughs> uh, we like to take people out with music, yeah. right? Yeah. This one is uh, the 16-year-old's mother. Her name is Rashida Bennett L. The 16-year-old's name is Jordan. Um, and uh, these are just uh, sounds... From the porch in Detroit, we are a beautiful people. We got a lot of talent, a lot of culture, and uh, this is why I love being a reporter in the Motor City. Yeah, right, Charlie. Don't ever leave. Don't take. Don't the, ever leave. I'm not gonna go to Poland for a week or two, but come back. Yeah, and come listen. Back. Leave the headphones on, and yeah. and this is just a cappella. It's just beautiful. And as we like to wrap up the show, remember, try to love one another. And if you can't, find the beauty. Beautiful. See Beautiful. you in a few weeks. Beautiful. Some people live for the fortunes. And some people live just for the fame. And some people live for the power, yeah. Some people live just to play these games And some people think 
that the physical things define what's within and I've been there before that life's a ball so full of the superficial and some people want it all but I don't want nothing at all if it ain't you baby if I <laughs> well, that's it for today. If I ain't got your witness, baby. Oh, we're a beautiful people. Beautiful. Thanks for your service, Tommy, Frankie, everybody else. God bless America. <laughs>